Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. We are in our Life and Death series. Opened up last week, um, looking at one huge question. Um, started off saying, why would a, a very famous question, why would a loving God send people to hell? But we answered the real question in looking at the gospel story is, how can someone reject a loving God? That's the really huge question to ask. And then this week, um, uh, we're going to kick off today in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. I'm going to read that to you to start. Paul writes this to us. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. He's saying, hey, live for God's purposes. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. He's saying right there, community is highlighted. He he gives us two uh, thems and us and our uh, phrases, depending on what version you're reading. He's talking about doing all that singing and, and encouraging and life together in community. So community is highlighted there. And then he ends it with, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So our big idea today is to ask ourselves, or, or really to, to make the, the claim, the statement, that we will live lives that matter now and forever. And I know a lot of times the question is, well, how do I live a life that matters forever? How you live now helps it matter forever, both in where you live out forever and in, in who really comes to know Jesus because of how you live here and now. Now, death is always the proverbial elephant in the room of life, right? We talk about now, and it's now. We talk about forever, and it's like, woo! Well, there's a, there's a transition moment there called death that, that happens, and, and it's, it's hard to talk about. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's difficult to grasp death. I was having a conversation with a dear friend of mine just today out there as, as he came early to get stuff set up, and we were just talking about uh, the, the impending end of, of life for uh, for somebody uh, in his family and, and just the questions that come and not accusations towards God, but just wonderings. We go to funerals to, to say goodbye, to show that we, we love and we, we care and, and we're there for the family or we, we really connected with that person. And a good funeral, a good funeral always celebrates life, a life lived well. So when your life is done, I ask the same question to me when my life is done. But when your life is done, someone's going to stand behind a podium or in front of a group of people, maybe with a microphone, maybe without one, but they're going to tell your life story, how it impacted them somehow, and give a, a specific and a general connection to you. Someone else is going to talk about you when it's all over. For all of us as Jesus followers, 
I would hope that story would be one about grace and compassion and a life in Jesus and, and, and connecting with, 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 the, with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit and living out of the gospel and, and living outside of ourselves and for other people that, that people mattered even more than that person that we're standing up here talking about. Headstones, they, they always tell some kind of story we try to fill in. Uh, when we'd go to Ireland, Sarah and I would love, we'd just be driving in the country and we'd pull over, we'd see a cemetery and pull over because the headstones are the best on the planet. And, and you look at them and you, you read them and you try to figure them out and some of them tell you a little more than others. Different dates, different names, various lifespans. But one thing that most headstones have in common is the dash, right? The, the year they were born, the dash, and the year life ended. There's old Ida Mae. I don't know if she's named Ida Mae, but to me she is. Uh, she lived 79 years. Ida Mae did. We don't know what that dash means. My dad is buried at the National Cemetery in Fort Sam Houston. Almost all of those headstones are the same with about one line at the bottom that's a little different, specific for that person. They got a dash. They got a line. And then I wonder about myself. Born in 1968, I'm not dead yet. I don't really care if I have a headstone, honestly. The dash is what matters to me. I, I would hope that not only that is on my headstone, if I have one, but when I'm talked about that people say, you know, with Scott, as messed up as he was sometimes, with Scott, as opinionated as that guy could be, because he's like the most opinionated person on the planet, man, it was always all about Jesus. With Scott, as he was a husband, it was always all about Jesus. With Scott, as a dad, man, he taught his kids, it was always all about Jesus. When Scott went on mission trips, it was because of Jesus. That's what my desire is, that when somebody stands there and says something about me, that it is not, I mean, I am sure there can be some funny stories, you know, funny things happen around me, I don't know why. Uh, but my hope is that people will say, yeah. It was always all about Jesus for Scott, that that's, that's his story. So the question we have is, what are you going to do with the dash? We know when you were born, right? Only God knows the very last moment. That's Psalm 139.16. He knows the end when that's coming. So what do you do with that unspecified moment in between to live that dash well and live a life that matters now and forever. My hope is that we would see God's plan and his desire for, for Howard to live uh, with purpose, his purposes in mind. What, like, Jesus, what do you call me to live out? What do you call us to live out as followers of yours? And and some of the stuff we pursue isn't evil. But if we pursue it as if it's God, then it is evil. There's nothing wrong with a, with a junker minivan like I drive or a fantastic car like Cal drives or the best truck that somebody drives. Probably 75 of you think you have the best truck, right? There's nothing wrong with those unless we serve that and live for that and, and get, our, get our oomph in life out of that we got to look at what Jesus says and make this the importance of the dash that we live out. 
Paul says in that passage I read, be careful how you live. Make the most of your life. Understand what the Lord wants from you. And it's hard. He says it's evil in these days. We're human, so we, we struggle with our flesh, and we struggle with, with our selfishness. We struggle with our frailty, either fearful of it or the fact that we just, hey, it's hard right now. This is happening to me. Those of you who've had health problems or your nearest and dearest have health problems, you understand that, and you understand that struggle, and it's evil. Sickness and disease is evil. It came because Satan is evil and he got us to buy into a lie. And so brokenness happened and then God has been redeeming ever since. But in the midst of that dash, we still deal with brokenness. That's why memorial services are precious reminders for us. Every time we go to a funeral, we think of eternity. If you don't, I don't know where you're going you know, in your mind, because you go there and you think, oh, it ended for him or her. It's actually a sweet gift to be reminded of eternity. So often we make changes in our lives or we plan to make changes or think stuff through or talk to our loved ones after coming back from a funeral service. At Lance Moody's funeral last year, we celebrated a life that was living hard for a long time and then was radically transformed by God's rescuing grace and then lived out solely for others. Like Lance Moody, when he passed away, left more holes here at HCF than that skinny body could ever fill. We still, something just happened the other day. I'm like, somebody said, well, what about that? I'm like, well, Lance did that. Talk on it, Lance. Come back. You know, he, he gave, he made givers look selfish. Not really. But that's like his life. Like he's like, Scott, I love going out on a record call at 3 a.m. because they're mine. He goes, I love it when they can't find a ride home and I got to take them. And he had some of the most bizarre stories. Is Rick Neely in here? If Rick Needy's in here, he's probably heard more bizarre stories than anybody. But uh, I would have basically my Monday morning bizarre stories from Lance, uh, especially over the weekend, whatever happened in Burnett County. But anybody that was there at the service who's tuned into Jesus would have left there saying, God, I so want my life to make an impact and a difference like Lance Moody. I want to I wanna leave something like Lance left. I want to I wanna have people talk about me that way. And I want to impact broken and lost and hurting and needy. And even people who are doing well. I want to impact them. More than just, hey, remember how much money he had in the bank? I want my life to go beyond my last breath. Jesus understood eternity. He planned it out for us, so sure, he understands it. And, he, and as a human, he totally got the frailty side of it. He had to live as a human, and he lived a perfect life that we couldn't live, but, but he understood the brokenness we had to deal with and, and how we wrestle with our dash. He was talking about urgency and making a difference and living for what matters most in, in Luke chapter 12. Verses 12 through 31, or 13 through 21, sorry. Uh, it's famously known as the, the parable of the rich fool. This brother, just to give you a little understanding, this brother's preoccupied with everything that he's supposed to get on planet Earth. He wanted, like, 
his stuff now and was freaking about, about possibly getting cheated. And this was really happening. This, wasn't this, this is before the parable is told. This guy comes up to Jesus. He's like, tell my brother to give me my stuff now. His whole world was about his accumulation of wealth. And, and Jesus says to him, life is not measured by how much you own. For us today, that could be your job. It could be your success and promotion. It could be your salary, the boat, yearly vacations that finally make life worth it because the kids are gone. It could be a dream house. It could be your perfect kids who look perfect, act perfect, graduate perfect, and marry perfectly. That's a tall order, and people do it all the time. And you bank your life and your purpose on that, and that's not what your dash is all about. So Jesus told this, this parable. Let me try to find it here. And he says, A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Look at me. Wow. Then he said, Jesus did, wasn't that mocking. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger barns. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, he's talking to himself in the third person. He's already got some problems. My friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be married. And then listen to this. It's like, whoa, Jesus, you went dark on us. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. A lot of nice stuff in a really big barn. Imagine that being what's said about you at your funeral. Imagine that. If 50, 100, 500 people came, the person stood up and said, man, that barn was amazing. You know how much stuff's in there? All right, see you later. What a sad dash that would be. Jesus is saying, just like Paul, take every opportunity for his good news to be shared and lived out and given away and give your stuff away and watch God be faithful to you. But give, give, give. Live to give, not to get or to accumulate. Ephesians 5, make the most. Understand the sense of urgency in life around you. In John 14, Jesus was talking to us about everything that's most important. It's a big chapter about how to, how to be about the kingdom is what Jesus is talking about in, in, in John 14, 1 through 14. And he says this. I'm not going to read the whole passage, just parts of it. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust and believe in me. I'm leaving here, and I'm going to get eternity ready for you. Then I'll come back to get you. So stay busy with the main things about me. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Jesus said that. And even greater works. Whoa. When that dash has its end, it's either eternity with God or forever without him. We talked about that last week, and if you weren't here, I encourage you to, to watch and listen. Hell is real. Heaven is forever. What you choose and this dash period affects your eternity. 
So live it for the cause of Jesus and for others to know him initially or know him better or grow in him or be blessed by him. Live for Jesus and for others. That's what he's saying here. What do you want your dash to be about? Do you want it to be about pe- what people think about you and, and, uh, and, and what, you know, the, the influence you can have on the social media posting and, and how you can like ruffle feathers or, or be shocking or, or, or just be cool? Is that what matters? Or, or is it, hey, I, I really wish I would have spent more time telling my neighbors about Jesus and just sharing my story in Jesus with them instead of what they think of me. Do you want to be able to say, I'm really pleased with my really big barn? I know you, Matthew. You don't. You probably wrestle with it at times because we're flesh and blood. But at the end of our life, we, we don't want to be able to say, man, I want to be, have people impressed with my really big barn. We, we need to be able to say, I, I wish I'd acted more like Jesus and looked around harder to, to find people in need and take care of those needs and meet their hearts where their broken hearts were to show compassion and unconditional love to broken people. That's, that's what I want. I, I don't want to meet Jesus face to face and him go, Scott, welcome. You, you missed it. I don't know that he'll do that. I don't want him to go, Scott, your barn really wasn't that big of a deal. I want him to say, Scott, every person I put in front of you, you did what I asked for their sake. And that's a tall order. Like, I don't do that yet. I want to. I want to. Sometimes we need a shocker in life to get us there and go, okay, I'm making that change. Uh, sometimes just his, his, slow, his slow boiling work in our life, you know, gets us to that place. Uh, sometimes uh, it's something that came out of left field and sometimes it's something we saw coming. Sometimes it's, hey, I'm not going to let something come. I'm just going to make the decision now. And I'm going to stop with the really big barn and I'm going to look for the really big need. And that's how I'm going to live my life. I want you to watch this video from a friend of ours here at church that serves. He and his wife serve faithfully, uh, Rob and Tanya. So check out this video for us, with us. Family life had been very good as far as work life and everything. It seemed normal. Uh, I really wasn't affected by uh, the COVID issues that were beginning to happen as far as my work goes. Uh, My relationship with the Lord, probably in the last three and a half, four years, had really begun to become much more intimate. I, I think, you know, you could say that. Uh, I really got to depend on the Lord and get to know the Lord a lot better. 
Thank goodness, because I certainly needed that. I think it's a little bit ironic because I really poked fun at COVID. You know, this is when it started to take off. And uh, I didn't expect really that it would happen to me or my family. What happened was uh, I got COVID first, patients got COVID second, and then Rob, well, while patients and I were better, then Rob was sick with COVID and then he started to get better and then he developed pneumonia and ended up in the hospital and just the panic attacks and all just, it was just anxiety, yes. horrible. And uh, so he was in ICU the majority of that time. I went in on the 26th of July, 2020. And then on August 8th, they had told, uh, told my wife that they didn't expect me to make it through the, through the night. But, uh, wow, what an experience. <laughs> it was definitely scary and trying, yeah. but uh, again, praise God for his faithfulness. I really tried to focus or focused more on, on my family. I was concerned about, you know, how are they going to make it? How are they going to pay the bills? You know, what's going to happen to, to my wife? Goodness, it, it just never stopped, you know, the, the thoughts that came into my mind. Uh, again, mostly geared toward what was going to happen to, you know, to my family as opposed to, to what was going to happen to myself. But uh, that was probably my biggest concern is, is worry, for, worry for them. Mine was day by day, day by day, I, you know, I just prayed that God would not let Rob die. And that if, if God did choose to take Rob, that he'd make a way and uh, give me peace about it. Um, and he, you know, there was a night where I didn't know what he would do. And that was one night. But the rest of the time, I really felt like it was gonna be okay that we were gonna make it somehow, some way. Um, there was a time when all I could do was, was lay in the bed on my stomach, and that was for 18 to 20 hours a day. Uh, it was a struggle just to breathe, and that's all I could do. But through that whole time, God was constantly just, just saying, now watch what I'm gonna do. Now watch what I'm gonna do. Every time I'd hit a little roadblock or, or or some obstacle, God always came through. The diagnosis that you have now is he still has pulmonary fibrosis. So that still has a three to five year lifespan, you know. So there's still a live your life today because you're not promised tomorrow. Yeah. You still have that. So you fought this battle, you're still not in control. But the whole lesson to be learned through everything you've been through is you were never in control to begin That's with. That's right. That's right. And every breath that you take, you're never in control of that breath. It's a always gift. God's gift to you. Yeah. Live live today and, and enjoy it and, and you know, no regrets. Love your family, love people, love God. God's always gonna come. We're gonna, we actually filmed uh, more than that because of, of a ministry that God has kind of 
organically crafted, created through all that. Actually started in the hospital with tubes all over him uh, and has just grown to where he's reaching people, um, not just in need because of a, a COVID issue, but but those are just struggling in life. And so we, we have a larger video, a longer video that we're going to be uh, putting out online that, that y'all can tune into or maybe just send that to people uh, that, that, that need that 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 hope-filled touch from Jesus. What, what I love about Rob's story is that he came to this place where he basically just said, Jesus, and Jesus is greater. He, he lived an amazing life, and he, uh, he, he left a, a legacy. Uh, obviously, historically, he left a legacy, but he left a legacy for us to follow and, and live out. He lived for the sake of people and and. and and was always looking for not only the, the big moments, but the, the unique moments in people's lives. Whether it was a, a broke down woman at a well or uh, a, a, a guy who, who couldn't walk that, that, he, that he met and healed and, and made a relationship with. Or, or telling his best friend, I forgive you, now go and live uh, the greatest life in the history of the planet as you shepherd churches and people. Uh, that's what Jesus did, and, and that's the legacy we're called to live, to, to live lives that matter. Let's live lives that matter now and forever. Let's make that dash. It doesn't have to be super long. Let's make it super packed in that dash. I want every moment of my life to be able to to share Jesus with someone wherever they are. They might be the strongest follower on the planet, and I just get to encourage them and say, wow, God's really pleased with you. Like, well done. They might be the, the most hopeless person on the planet, and I can bring in hope through uh, a caring heart or a, a, you know, a, a compassionate ear or a, the story of Jesus in my life. In uh, Mark chapter 5, Jesus is talking to the demon-possessed man that he had just set free. A lot of us know that story. And he's really helping him to start out his dash or maybe midstream, change it radically. And the guy wants to go with him, and Jesus says, no, you can't go with me. He says, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been to you. And so he took Jesus' story and he lived out his dash, radically transformed. And I bet what was said from him, about him at his service was quite different than anyone in that community thought they'd ever say. He used to run around naked in the tombs and eat our wild animals, and now he's a preacher man because of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand right now, and we're going to go into a couple songs of worship, and we're singing a song that a lot of you will remember. Uh, maybe you sang it uh, a while back called Oceans. And, and, of course, it's one of my favorite songs because of the, it's one of my favorite songs to sing. It's also one of my scariest songs to sing because we sing and we ask God to take us beyond what we can understand doing. It's a faith song. But it's a song, a faith song and a faithful God. I want to read you a couple lines from it before we go into a time of worship, and we're going to sing a couple songs here, and the altar's going to be open if you want to come up and just spend some time with the Lord and maybe have a moment to talk about your dash with Him. But this is some of the stuff we'll sing.
I'll call upon your name, and I'm going to keep my eyes above the waves. Anybody feel like it's shit, the waves are just too high? Maybe you're going through something, and the waves are just too high. I get it. He gets it. Keep your eyes above the waves. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed, and you won't start now. So I will call upon your name. Keep my eyes above the waves. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wonder, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. If Guys, ladies, guys, if we live that out, our dash will be so powerful, and not because we're powerful. If we just live that out, God, take me where you lead me beyond what I could critically think or figure out with my best logic. Take me where you want me to be and I'll keep my eyes on you. And if the oceans rise, so be it. You've never failed and you won't start now. God, thank you for your faithfulness. Even that word, Faithfulness doesn't come close to explaining or understanding who and how you are. But you are just so faithful. Lord, help us to purpose in our hearts, make decisions in our lives, to live out the dash with urgency because everyone who doesn't know you that we come across in life, eternity is on the line for them. And for those of us that follow you, our eternity is set. We're playing with house money. Give us dreams. Give us visions. Give us direction. Guide us. Pick us up out of the doldrums and put us on the path that leads to a, a, a purposeful life here and eternal life and a dash that matters. May we live for the cause of Christ and the salvation of many. Heal us where we're broken. Because that matters to you, God. Some of us are broken, hurting, feel a little hopeless, fearful. Would you heal us? Just heal us. We give you these songs as we worship you and say, touch our hearts. If there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, that wants to have a dash that is a forever dash with you, I pray they would call upon the name of the Lord and they would be saved. Just like you say in Romans 10. Believe it in their heart and speak it out with their mind, with their mouth, and be yours forevermore. We worship you in spirit and in truth because you are worthy and you are faithful, and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full-service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.